This episode, we spoke of sacred time, so we're going to speak now of sacred spaces, the sacred altars, and your home altars. The Catholic Underground starts right now. You have hit play on the Catholic Underground. We are a podcast, surprise, cutting through the noise of the digital continent and bringing you the topics that matter. It's episode number 438 for those of you who might be keeping score on your you know, tally sheet mm. at home. Yep. I'm Father Chris Decker. I'm a priest of the Diocese of Baton Rouge in Louisiana. And joining us also in Louisiana, Kathleen Lee. That is where I am. Yeah, presently here. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you're a teacher. I am. Yeah. We go over to Olivia Galino. <laughs> you're a teacher. You are a human being. Okay. <laughs> you're human. You're a robot. Uh, let's go up to the Jeff Star One Near Earth Orbit Satellite, uh, which is orbiting its merry way across the uh, the well uh, the outer orbit. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. There hey, we Jeff. are. And I'm just a student of life, so yeah, everybody's happy. Jeff learns every day. <laughs> I do. Yeah, he does. Uh, also in the ball pit uh, this evening, uh, switching the video for us is Albert. Dupont. Ah, surprise. You thought we were going to say Ed Ball. Yeah, yeah. Ed actually um, got clearance to go visit his mother up north. Aww. Excellent. And so uh, he hopped on a plane and did that. And we said, yes, get out of here. Go visit Goodbye. your yeah. mother. Northern Florida, that is. Northern <laughs> Florida. Yeah, up north. North to yeah. us. It is north to us. I've seen how those latitude lines work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We know geography. We're teachers. <laughs> yeah. That's right. They teach things. I, yeah. Uh-huh. And, and so what we thought we would do is learn uh, this episode. You might remember the last time we were on before uh, the quite possibly the strangest Mardi Gras right? record for mm-hmm. us in Louisiana. So all of you who watch us uh, on, on Catholic faith uh, television and for those of you who watch us on Catholic television mm-hmm. all around the, 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 the United States, um, you know what snow is in most cases. We yeah, don't. We don't. No, we don't. <laughs> and so our Mardi Gras, our Monday and Tuesday, Mar- Mardi and uh, Lundi and Mardi Lundi, Gras, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah uh, we're frozen here in most of Louisiana. Yeah. And uh, in Louisiana, things shut down completely. Well, I honestly yeah. think it was a distraction from this year. One of the one of the greatest sorrows that we have faced satirically. Okay, let's mm-hmm. um, is that they canceled Mardi Gras right. in. In New Orleans, in most of Louisiana, yeah. they said that's enough. You know, we barely got through Mardi Gras last year before, um, you know, the great COVID apocalypse right. happened, shut everything down. And so this year they decided, um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna shut it down completely. And everybody was like, oh no. And then they're like, and on top of that, to make sure that you crazy people stay inside your homes, we're gonna freeze the deep south. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they did. And it was. Wait a minute, are you saying that the mayor of New Orleans has a weather machine? <laughs> I don't know, but but oh. I'm pretty sure that it was the Lord saying, I know you people, and you will find any excuse to get out and party. And they did. And um, and so they he shut us down. Right, yeah. yeah. So uh, so we did have a strange, that's why we were off the, the air last weekend, is mm-hmm. because everyone was in, in the hunkering. Yep. Uh, yeah. uh, but then, of course, Ash Wednesday came as it always does. Yep. And, uh, and we, we kind of dove into Lent. Yeah. I, I think this is like, I mean, this is like, what's that? What's that? You're all going to kill me. But Lord of the Rings, it's like second breakfast. Uh-huh. This is like, this is like fourth Lent, I yeah. feel yeah. like. It is. It, it is. doesn't feel like last Lent. 
ended. Yeah. And so it feels like we're, we took a deep breath and now we're like just in yeah. Lent phase yeah. two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I, I think though, for me, I don't know, I can't speak of course, uh, about the state of your soul, but I really was looking forward to Ash Wednesday this year, mm. really looking forward to the Lenten mm. season. And, uh, for some reason there's some, there's some fruit that's, that's, that's blossoming early in yeah. my heart. And I wonder if it's not because we had such a long Lent that never really ended. Hmm. And so there's, there's, I mean, there's some richness in the water that we're drawing from, yes, I think, that indeed. we're called to draw from yeah. this Lent. Yeah. I think, I think you got something there because for me, ad, like Advent and Lent are always seasons that I, I tend to, um, kind of like, like, I don't know the right word for it, maybe like outlast or survive. Mm -hmm. And by the time I'm like right about to get into it, it's like, okay, it's over. And I'm like, oh God, okay, thanks. <laughs> right. So, so I really think for me, and I think I said this, you know, I've said this since last summer, you know, with the continuation of this Lent mm -hmm. in our, like our Lenten life mm -hmm. style, um, for me, the Lord is like, no, no sit in this for a little bit longer. Yep. Right. And, and every time I'm like, okay, I'm ready to get out. He's like, no, yep. no, yeah. no, you're not yeah. <laughs> sit back down. And so, yeah, it, I think it that is there's good for your soul. Yeah. There's something to, to that. And I think, you know, the discussion has been, um, you know, with, with my circle of, of people is like, there has got to be something in this time in the world that the mm -hmm. Lord is, is mm -hmm. trying to show us, trying yeah. to prepare us for, and whether that's one big thing or, um, you know, many, many yeah small things from for different communities for different individuals you know i really think that this is an opportunity to to sit in that and, yeah. and to wait i suspect he's calling us once again into the ark of the church mm -hmm. i suspect that's what it's all about yeah he's uh i mean you you heard the letter from peter today at mass mm -hmm. you know how many people were actually that went into the ark eight eight of all the people that were on the earth because they were so um, wrapped up in themselves, they didn't even notice the water was was moving past their head. Mm -hmm. And I suspect at this time, in, in uh, I'm, I mean, I am no prophet, I'm I am merely a priest, but uh, but I think that the Lord is calling us into the ark. And yeah. you know, the world calls it quarantine, we call it building the ark. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're talking about sacred spaces today, uh, because we did we talked about sacred time mm -hmm. last episode. Sacred space is really important as well. And so uh, we, we really want to dive into this kind of from the general and going all the way down to the specific as we have done. And the most important thing to realize is that the Lord, first of all, creates out of, out of nothing. Mm -hmm. And then there is chaos. And then from the chaos, he orders. Yeah. And, and so really the very first sacred space, we could say, is, is the Garden of Eden, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the, the first place that God wishes for us to meet him. Yeah. Well, and I love, I just taught this to my seniors. I spent like two weeks on this, um, which was quasi intentional, but also kind of a surprise to me that we ended up spending that long on it. But, um, I, I bet was, they're interested in it too. Yeah. Because there's so much in there. Um, but one of the things that, that they realized, um, as we were talking is that, um, and I tried to bring out, especially as we like tried to connect it to the later temple, is that the Garden of Eden is, it's you know Eden is actually it's not the name of the garden. Mm -hmm. it, Eden is is the name of like God's residence, right? Mm -hmm. God's palace, mm -hmm. and the garden is like next to it. Mm -hmm. So um, the Garden of Eden is so close to where God lives, so to speak. Um, that it's, you know, it's like your garden outside your house, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, it's yeah. that close. Yeah. So the garden of Eden is, is like heaven and earth meeting. 
All right. That's how close Adam and Eve are to God. And, and so close that, you know, it, we even hear about how um, and we actually hear about it. It's kind of funny, like after the fall, like they they recognize the sound of God's footsteps because mm-hmm. he's walking in the garden looking for them. Right. But they only know what that sounds like because they've heard it before because right. they go walking with God yeah. in right. the garden. So there's that intimacy with God, that that space that he's created for them in his garden mm-hmm. that he's, he's made, set up for them. Yeah. Made for communion. Yeah. It's yeah. made not just so that they have a nice place and like you stay there, I'll stay here and like, you know, we'll see each other on high holidays. But mm-hmm. it's made so that they can commune together and like every day regularly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so if you look at things like uh, that would kind of go down through uh, through salvation history, certainly the covenants are meeting places, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and they almost all of them have a space yeah. that's set aside. In fact, I, I always tell my parishioners like pay attention when somebody erects an altar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the Old Testament. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's as if to say it, it's here at this place, not just this thing happened, but this is a touch point. This is right. a place where heaven mm-hmm. meets earth. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I love the covenants too, because they're so different than what we would think or how we would think someone would act, especially mm-hmm. because, you know, you, you have a covenant that's set up and then there's certain kind of, um, there's two sides, you know, behaviors that God and the people are supposed to um, keep to in order to mm-hmm. keep the covenant, right? And God's always going to be faithful to the covenant, but see, Israelites have the problem. That's why you split the animal in half, yeah. Kathleen, yeah. And, mm-hmm. you, and God walks through and then you yeah. walk through. Right, mm-hmm. wow. so good. Don't think I'm of your French it. bulldog at this time. <laughs> it's usually birds. <laughs> it's usually birds. It's usually, 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 usually the birds. But right. it's usually the Israelites that mess up. And so then we have a renewal of the covenant. We have a different covenant later on. And so God is is kind of staking a new claim. He's mm-hmm. he's reclaiming the covenant. But instead of, you know, we think of our relationships like um, if you have a, a, a friendship or a relationship with someone and they've broken your heart or they've they've betrayed your trust or something you might renew that friendship or that relationship but you put some distance Mm -hmm. right you don't go back into that relationship and draw closer but that's exactly what god does right right like every single covenant and there's seven of them right the last one being the covenant that jesus comes to enact Mm -hmm. every single covenant god is drawing nearer and nearer and nearer until he's literally enfleshed like he can come no closer Mm -hmm. you know and like that's the beauty of like god's relationship with space is that he's not afraid right. of being close to us. Yeah. That's exactly what he wants. And he's not afraid even of like how much distance they want to put right. between themselves and God. Yep. Yeah. Um, and he's not afraid to draw himself into their mess. That's right. Which is why, Jeff Blackwell, when you go to the Adoration Chapel, the word adoration means, adoratio means mouth to mouth. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, you are. I learned you something. Are, you are touching as close as you possibly can God. the God of the universe, so preparing to receive Him in Holy Communion. That's why adoration is what takes place before we receive Holy Communion, right? Mm. The Ecce Agnus Dei, the Behold the Lamb of God. That's yeah. a moment of adoration. Yeah. Behold God's love for you, yeah. as was said from the temple. Of course, the temple right. was one of those places too. That mm-hmm. that um, man had a desire to build, right? That's uh, that's what what David wants to build is is yeah. a temple. Uh, he realizes, well, you know, with Moses, there was a meeting tent. There was right. this this uh, movable temple, if you will. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And David, from his heart, wants to build this this solid place for the Lord to dwell. Yeah. Well, and just like you know, I talked about this with my sixth graders. We went, we were, you know, we just went over this, and and you know, I talked about the significance of that. 
you know, what was the difference between this, this, you know, movable tent and mm-hmm. the, the, the temple, mm-hmm. you know, and they were like, oh, I don't know. And I was like, yeah, it's a permanent, like yeah. it, it showed that the people were, were now in the, in the promised land. And, and this was where, you know, they wanted God to be with them forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the significance even of, of that, you know, and, and when we talk about sacred space, when we talk about, you know, later we'll talk about, you know, a little bit of church architecture and all that. Mm-hmm. It's significant. You know, to, to make a space, uh, a place where you meet God, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether it be, uh, you know, a church or, you know, uh, a temple in the Old Testament or a burning bush in the Old yeah. Testament or just your own your own home space. What you make that space out of and what you make it to look like is significant. Yeah. You know, whether it be a transitional place or, you know, um, you know, place, what kind of worship is going on there, you know, it's, it's significant. You know, ever since I uh, entered the seminary, I remember the very first thing that I did in my seminary room um, as an 18-year-old, fresh out of high school, you know, uh, I had the crucifix from, I believe, I don't, I don't remember where I got it from, but it was the first thing that I hung in my seminary room. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, that became a, a thing. So every seminary room, you know, as you, as you kind of if you transition to a different room or a yeah. different seminary and, and the first thing that I would place would be the cross, the mm-hmm. crucifix. Oh. And now I do that for rectories mm-hmm. whenever I've changed rectories. Yeah. The first thing that goes up is, is it's usually that crucifix. As I, a matter I was going to ask because wow. you still have the same mm-hmm. one now. Yeah, um, because that there, there's a significance to that of, of saying, Lord, I, I ask for you to dwell here. Mm-hmm. And make this place the place of our meeting. Yeah, and and that is that's a temple, but it's also uh, it's also your your living room and your home, wow. mm-hmm. the place where you want the Lord, where you you beckon for Him to meet you. Yeah, you know, how many how many bedrooms don't have crucifixes? Yeah, you know, and how many husbands and wives have marital troubles mm-hmm. because they don't invite the Lord to dwell? Yeah. You know, how many single people have have relationship trouble because they don't invite the Lord to dwell actually in this space where we live? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and how many priests and seminarians have trouble because we don't invite the Lord mm-hmm. to dwell in this space where we are? And and it is it does need to be an invitation. You it know, does, God's yeah. never going to he's going to wait. He's going to yeah. uh, he's not going to barge that door. He created yeah. the stuff that made the threshold, but he won't cross it. Yeah, uh, I love that. You know, yeah. if, if yeah. we if we don't invite him in. Mm. And just like with David, you know, I, I love it's Second Samuel 7. Like, I, I love what he, he kind of like one ups David. Right. Because David's <laughs> like, I want to build you a house is the word. Right. A bet yeah. um, in Hebrew. Like, I, I want to build you a house. And God says, I'm going to make of you oh. a house. Oh, you're going to build but, a house yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, that's really cute. Yeah. And that's going to happen. It's not going to be you who does it. It's going to be your son. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to make of you a house. And he's talking like like a, like a dynasty, like yep. a like a family line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I'm going to dwell within that line. And he means it because Jesus comes from the line of David. That's right. So he is literally going to reveal himself completely and fully in the line of David. Mm-hmm. And all it took was David to just realize, you know what? God didn't have a place to live mm-hmm. like and to want to do something about it to have an openness of heart mm-hmm. and God just explodes with generosity that's right and yeah. then if you want to kind of look at another little layer of that because this is the year of Saint Joseph mm-hmm. Joseph's name means God will increase yeah. Joseph mm-hmm. is of the royal line of David himself that's how Jesus of course is in the line of David because his, his dad is right yeah. yeah and and so 
the very name of Joseph means God will increase. Well, how is he going to increase this dynasty, increase this line? The Messiah is to be born of Mary, mm. also of the royal house, and Joseph. Yeah. Is your mind blown there, Jeff? Yeah. I got to pick up the little pieces on the floor. That's good. That's right. <laughs> yeah. but, but do you see, like, so great is God's love for us that just a simple dwelling of, of brick mm-hmm. is, is, is but a, a sign of the indwelling that he wishes to have within yeah. his people, within, within us as individuals. But that's all the more why we, we build houses for God. We build these, these temples. Yeah. We build churches and things of that nature. Mm. Um, and all these places uh, are places of meeting, of communion, of coming together, communio, right? Mm. Of, of coming together as persons. And that's where covenants take place, right? Mm-hmm. Covenants are, are exchanges of persons. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's really why we, we have this desire to meet God and to have a capacity to, to make a place for him, a space for him as well. Yeah. It's interesting, though. Um, I, I suppose maybe we should, uh, we should take just perhaps a brief moment mm-hmm. here to remind you what you're doing. You're watching and listening to the Catholic Underground. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we're the Catholic Underground. I'm Father Chris, joined by Kathleen and Olivia and Jeff and Albert and you, as a matter of fact. Hello. You, you. Hi. You're, you're here. We're glad that you are. We're talking about sacred space. Yep. And we talked about our capacity, our desire for it. And now uh, we talk a little bit about what sacred spaces are made of. Mm-hmm. Because obviously anything will do. The best that you got, you mm-hmm. know, we offer to the Lord. Yeah. But oftentimes, if you look at sacred spaces here in 2021, you know, uh, it's gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gold or marble. <laughs> yep. It's um, that bougie stuff. Yeah. yeah. These really yeah. expensive looking things. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and I think a lot of times people people will question, I don't know if you get this, but like, why are all, why are your churches so full yeah. of gold? And why is it like, you know, why is it that you spend so much money on that? I'm like... Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it's it's the house of the Lord. Yeah. Like it's, you know, yeah. why would we the, hold anything back? Yeah, it's the best that we have to give. And you know, I think there's there is, um, you know, there's something to say if you're spending you know billions of dollars on you know on your church interior and not taking care of the people in your community. But that's not that's yeah. The, I mean, and I think is what some people insinuate, but it's not what you know. What well, happens. and and it, yeah, it's not even the truth because like right. th- what people don't realize. Just to cover this, like you know, uh, factually speaking, like the church is the largest nonprofit organization, right. charitable organization in right. the world, mm-hmm. um, and that's verifiable, right. uh, factually speaking, financially speaking, you know. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, when it comes to the the amount of resources that are spent on, you know, obviously a lot of the churches that we have um, right. are ancient or yeah. are old, right? Um, but on not only the church structures themselves, but the things that go inside them, right. um, you know, there's money resources that are spent on those things. Um, I think it comes down to priorities, yeah. right? Like, um, you, we don't hold back anything from God. Um, and I think too, it's important to realize that like, um, a lot of what we do, um, when it comes to our worship, right. Well, number one, that's like literally the reason that we're created. Right. Right. Because it's not just worship, like 
like, you know, servant to master. Right. It's worship in the sense of like family, right? right like yeah. this is how we have communion with God as a, right. as like sons and daughters to our father. Yeah. Um, and this is like the, the covenant relationship mm-hmm. that, that God wants with us. Right. So that's priority one. Um, but also like this goes back to like the garden of Eden. Like we hear in Genesis that the garden of Eden was laden with gold. There's precious stones like everywhere. And this is no ordinary garden, yeah, right? Cause yeah. I don't got onyx just sitting out in my garden. Yeah, for real. <laughs> right. Not typically. Um, no, <laughs> not that I found, I found some <laughs> bottle caps, but you know, <laughs> nothing else. Um, but then, you know, think about like Solomon's temple. Solomon's temple yeah. was like crusted in gold like there was not a single surface in solomon's temple that was not completely laden in gold and again the reason is because it's supposed to draw us out of this world yeah into the house of god the mind of god into the the heart of god so that we are reminded at least mentally but but you know existentially that that's what we're doing in yeah. our worship, right? We are we are communing with God. It's where heaven and earth are meeting. Yeah. And that's literally what's happening in the mass, yeah. right? And yeah. so our churches, the, the physical structures help us to do that, but it's not going to happen if it's, you know, plywood yeah. and cardboard mm-hmm. and like prefab, you right, know what I mean? Right, right, yeah. So for example, like Santa Maria in Trastevere in Rome mm-hmm. is a good example. I, yeah, go ahead, Kathleen. Kind of, yeah, sure, that one. <laughs> That's well, literally my favorite. No, I've never been there. In the world. Yeah. Well, we, we do have a picture if we want to go to the laptop oh, yeah. feed. I think we can show it to you. If, if you're listening to us on the podcast, nope, laptop feed is frozen. So never mind. It's, uh, so, it's frozen. So, yeah, we do. Uh, it's, but, in, yeah, it's in the earlier parts but of the beautiful, week. But these beautiful churches that have that have gold and, and mosaic and whatnot, yeah. Yeah. that's not to showcase our artistry. Sure. Right. It's yeah. to showcase our desire for God. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it, it's, it's what is what is beautiful, what is true. You know, like yeah. when you go in and you see, I mean, it doesn't even have to be, you know, the majority of us have at some point in our life walked into a, a beautiful sanctuary and gone, mm-hmm. wow. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't even have, I mean, when you talk about what beauty is yeah. and how inspiring beauty is, it doesn't have even have to be of a religious nature. You know, you see a beautiful piece of art, you know, and it's it's like, oh, it's, it's, it's moving. It's, yeah. you know, it's awe-inspiring. It's, you realize that there is something, this is something out of the ordinary from your everyday existence, yeah. you know, where we just kind of plod along and then we're, you know, face-to-face with, you know, a Michelangelo or, yeah. you know, a Sistine Chapel or something like that. And you just go, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And so the idea that, that beauty is what inspires us and that, that beauty, um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a little, well, this is my humble opinion. Go for um, it. not all art and what we consider to be art is beautiful. Um, in my opinion, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's, it's those inspiring pieces where, you're just like, that is true beauty. Mm-hmm. You know, just because we call some art doesn't mean that it's beautiful. Just saying. Well, but, I think, you know, you know I, I think you're right. I mean, um, I'm teaching a class on theology through art mm-hmm. this semester. And yeah. we, we spent a few weeks on aesthetics, like the study of beauty and what beauty is and art's relationship to beauty. And that was one thing that we talked about was like, is all art beautiful? Um, because if beauty is a transcendental, it's it's something that we can say of God, right? Yeah. God um or there there, you know there's four transcendentals unity goodness truth and beauty um and those are like the the divine Mm -hmm. right um if you want to like say those things of god um not all 
you know, made things, made works of art are going to point to God. Right. They might have some elements of like proportion or harmony. Right. Or, you know, balance or whatever. Some elements, uh, some uh, aesthetic elements. Right. Um, So they might have some elements of beauty, but do they lead you to beauty itself? Right. Do they lead you to hope? Right. Like Dostoevsky says, like beauty will save the world. Mm -hmm. Not all pieces of art are going to inspire that hope that will save, you know. Right. Exactly. And that's why if you if you think about the way that typically church architecture is oriented is it's vertical. Yeah. Like the language that it speaks. I, I often tell people that that. You know, it's important that as you're considering the, building your parish church or even constructing your sacred space at home, that, that you have some of these transcendental ideas that height is important, yeah. not just because it shows how amazing you are and being able to stack yeah. things up, mm-hmm. but because it, you're reaching, right? Yeah. The, the church itself is a reaching upward into heaven yeah. while God himself is desiring to come down to us. Yeah. 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 Church, church architectures. I like nerd out about it. So like, I remember uh, a really good friend of mine, um, rock talks about this and talks about the idea that, you know, the outside of a, of a church, you you know, it's just so beautiful the way that it's designed and think about it next time you probably do this. Like you, your eyes go upwards without even thinking about it because on a well-designed church, that's what it's meant to be. But, Mm -hmm. um, he speaks about the idea that the outside of a church is very like straight lines and very strong and very in a sense mm-hmm. you know very masculine mm-hmm. you know and and you know almost like protective you know yeah. and then when you walk into the inside it's soft and warm and and like and like curved mm-hmm. you know curved but it also draws you in and draws you up mm-hmm. you know and and I will never ever look at our church architecture the same again mm-hmm. um and and when you have a beautiful you know, beautiful cathedral, beautiful church. Um, it really does. Yeah. You know, even though there may be a lot of things to look at and you yeah. might think that that might, you know, be distracting. Um, it isn't like, it's just, right. it just like draws you into the point where you're like, mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. and, and that, I love that because you don't have to know, any, like what you just said, you don't have to know anything about like what St. Augustine says, or like, you don't have to know anything about like theology of the body or, you know, anything that you consider to be like formally theological to understand the truth of what you're saying. Yeah. But you know it when you see it and you, you integrate it and you Mm -hmm. understand it and you can live it. That's right. And that's the point of sacred architecture. Mm -hmm. And, and even the, the people who were designing and building these spaces, especially in like the kind of Renaissance Gothic mm-hmm. period, right. they knew that. Yep. And they knew that the people that were they, that they were building these spaces for, 99% of them were illiterate yep. and uneducated. Mm-hmm. And this was their shot at helping them to understand their faith. Right. Right. Because they were coming to church, they were coming to mass, maybe, you know, once, a, well, you know, for their obligation, right? right. And what they heard at uh, this was the center of their life. It was the center of their mm-hmm. town. It was the center of their life. And what they heard in that church and what they saw in that church and experienced in that architecture, mm-hmm. that was their understanding of their faith. Yeah. That's right. And so this was their shot to help right. those people understand. Right. right. And that is actually true enlightenment, huh? Yeah, When we exactly. go, go to the light himself, huh? Mm-hmm. Light from light. All right. Well, we've got more. We're going to talk about your sacred spaces coming up. We're the Catholic Underground. Stay right where you are. We'll be right back.
Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. See you there. Uh, yeah, you found the Catholic Underground. I'm Father Chris, joined by Kathleen Lee, Olivia Galino. We've got Jeff Blackwell up on the Jeff Star One. Albert Dupont uh, sits to his right mm-hmm. and makes sure that the video looks nice. If you're listening to us in the podcast, trust us, it looks great. All <laughs> right, uh, we've been talking about sacred space this episode. We talked about uh, the need for it, right? Why yep. we do that, and actually why God calls it forth from us, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then, of course, we talked a little bit about uh, architecture to some degree. And, uh, yeah, that's right, sacred spaces. And, uh, and of course, we are also going to talk about our own personal sacred yeah. spaces. Uh, just fair warning, you all sent in pictures. Yeah. And uh, I, before the show, loaded them all up into my program. Yep. Working fine. Perfect. But now that we're doing the show, it's not working. It's so, oh, uh, don't yeah. tell. No it is, it is the way it goes. So, uh, so we, we thought maybe perhaps we could describe yeah. some of our sacred spaces. Well, first, I, I want to say, like, for those of you who send in pictures, thank yeah. you so much. Mm-hmm. Be looking out for uh, that on our social media. You can yep. follow yeah. us on Instagram <laughs> and the Twitters <laughs> and all the things. And we'll say all those at the at the end of the show. Uh, but we're you know we're about to blow those up, and we're going to be looking for some some interaction we'd love to feature some of your stuff on here so uh we had asked you know what are some of those sacred spaces what are some of those um maybe churches that you love or Mm -hmm. retreat spaces that you love or you know being that many of us have spent a lot of time at home these days (laughs) um you know some of us were kind of thrown into this idea of having to um part and parcel out our home you know and to make Mm. make space and make intentional space because we where we once were able to leave and go to another space to worship and go to another space to work some of us it all happens in one place now so um to be intentional about that space especially in your home um is a little is is very challenging especially for those of you out there who you have many people living at your (laughs) at your home and many little people you know living at your home um you know that might be a little bit more difficult for me i live in a one-bedroom apartment uh, so space is limited (laughs) uh and for myself i know um you know uh I'm looking at getting a house and and the idea of of more space is just blowing my mind. I don't know what to do with it. But uh, now that I'm in just in one place, I had to be creative. And so I have uh, in my apartment, I was called my cross wall mm-hmm. and I have, Ooh, uh, I think we might have it. Hold on. Oh, there, oh yeah. If you're, if you're listening, there, there it is. It. Yeah, we, got, we got Kathleen sacred space. So. Yep. 
Some, there we go. Yeah, there it is. And so, so this, these are crosses that have been gifted to me. And also, everywhere I go, I travel, mm -hmm. um, I pick up a, a new cross. So if you see the tiny, tiny cross there in the middle, that's from our dear friend Roberto. Oh, uh, yeah. Roberto. But they all have, you know, they all have meaning to me. And so, so my space is, I have to be creative, mm -hmm. is, on, is on my wall. I have a lot of uh, sacred art as well. Um, I'm looking you commission stuff too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I have a lot of friends that do uh catholic art and so i think that that is one of the mo the greatest things to um um to support yeah as catholic artists yeah. it's a great thing to put in your home because it makes you walk by and just go huh yeah mm -hmm. okay padre pio i see you today yeah. it right? works on you yeah, yeah. yeah and then right. like when one of them catches your eye and the, they're beautiful paintings i wish i would have taken pictures of those as well but uh you know when one of them is just staring at you extra hard mm -hmm. you know a day you're like Okay, I see you. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> like, and it's looking so right back. Yeah, yeah, tell me exactly. what you want. Our beautiful it's, it's almost like a sacramental right. of Eucharistic adoration, yeah. mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Ooh, that's, it's an infinite regress. It's a sacramental of a sacrament. Yeah. Mm -hmm. of a, mm, yeah. Because these images can be sacramentals for mm -hmm. us, right? Because yeah. sacramentals, Jeff, point us towards the sacrament. Absolutely, oh, yeah. you yes. know? And I, I've got a, a quick question yeah. because... I always think about, uh, because, uh, in fact, you have a, a beautiful icon that you uh, got for, for me and my wife mm -hmm. uh, when you were in Rome. And, um, but I've got other icons, uh, crucifixes, even uh, pictures of loved ones who have passed on. Sure. Uh, but does that sacred space, um, does it need to be blessed by a priest, or is it necessary? A lot of the items are already blessed. Well, let me tell you, Jeff, uh, that is typically what is done during the season of Epiphany. Mm -hmm. um, okay. In fact, it's it's not uncommon for the priest to be invited over for Epiphany to do home blessings. Yeah, I see. And so as you bless the home, so you bless the general space, right? Yes. And then you bless each of the rooms. And then certainly a, a blessing of the home altar is, is definitely something that, that can be done. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's a, yeah. It's a very good question because I know a lot of folks wonder about it, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. so let's see. We have another sacred space here. Let's see if I can find Olivia, Olivia's home oh. altar. Um, yeah, mine, yeah. like Kathleen's, is, um, oh, that's not mine. Mine yeah. is, um, yeah, very humble, yeah. we'll say. It's very humble, yes. Um, so, and you'll notice there's a big speaker there because it's next to my record player. Anyway, um <laughs> Yes. You have a record player? So, I do. Um, <laughs> That's beautiful. So I have my Sleeping St. Joseph statue, and I have a little like uh, felt letter board where I'll put like different, if it, there's a scripture that I'm praying with mm -hmm. or something. Um, you know, I'll change that up. Um, oh yeah. I don't think I have the felt but, board there. Oh, that's okay. But, um, yeah, so it's, it's literally just a small little like alcove kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it's where I keep my prayer cards. It's where I keep, I have like some St. Joseph oil, like mm -hmm. that's like from mm -hmm. a shrine. Mm -hmm. I keep holy water and it's where I put my prayer intentions. Um, I have an icon there of the Holy family from, uh, from Bethlehem. It's mm -hmm. almost accidentally entered into an arranged marriage and that was the fruit of it anyway so um <laughs> things like that, that was the only fruit right yes, <laughs> for the after yes. Show. Uh, that was like a, a right. consolation prize anyway uh, i'll take your um, icon and i'm headed to customs yes. <laughs> it's a long story anyway um yeah so it's it's one of those places where i you know i don't have like a pray do or anything mm -hmm. um but it i do oh. get to like uh, I will go and like, you know, put my prayer intentions there and, and put them under the head of St. Joseph and yeah. Yeah, so you've got um, be some really, there. yeah, be mm -hmm. really intentional about like, all right, these are the things that I'm praying with. 
and it's in my living room so like yeah. I pass by it multiple times a day and I kind of like you know will touch my hand to St. Joseph yeah. and mm-hmm. um yeah so it's it's one of those things where it's like I need to live with um yeah. or it encourages me to live yeah. with those uh those prayer intentions and mm-hmm. to live with those um particular saints or that particular scripture whatever yeah. it is that's yeah. really what the sacred space is in your home mm-hmm. for right well, that's why you set that little that little tabernacle aside right is is to remind you of of the desire god has to be in the midst of our stuff yeah you know? yeah uh, Michael in the chat room says such great points in art and how it draws us to God makes me think of the scriptural meaning of the rainbow and mm-hmm. its natural artistic beauty. Mm-hmm. You know, the Lord paints with with the the seven surprise the yeah. seven mm-hmm. uh, cardinal colors that mm-hmm. that He gives us in the bow that He sets in the clouds, mm-hmm. and that is a beautiful artistic representation of a covenant. You know, yeah. of His covenant with us. He says also, this discussion is definitely a reminder of the importance of Christian art as an emphasis for catechesis to our children. Yes. Yeah. That's that's the beautiful thing, right? Yeah. Is that in the same way that medieval artists would yeah. make stained glass and yeah. these, these carvings for those who perhaps couldn't read, mm-hmm. our children are learning to read, first of all, by watching us and what yeah. we do and what we take in. Yeah. yeah. Well, and John Paul II talks about that in um, his letter to artists, and Benedict echoes that in his mm-hmm. like message to artists too, that like we make a master we should make a masterpiece out of our lives like yeah. mm-hmm. the the kind of foundational art that we all should make is is our life yeah. mm-hmm. right like yeah. that's that's our canvas so mm-hmm. to speak um but that artists in a particular way are called to do that so that we kind of draw the masterpiece out of everyone else yeah right mm-hmm. but like that's that's the the evangelical side of like of art Right. Yeah, um, the evangelical right. side of beauty that like the artist and, and like you can speak to that more than I can, Father. But like the evangelical side of beauty is to, to draw that out of people, to draw yeah. out the, the desire for that masterpiece, but also like the how. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kathleen, did I, I did I take your train of thought there? No. Yeah. I, I thought about, about that kids. earlier about. Yeah. Well, no, about the, the stained glass mm-hmm. and how I thought that was. Like, you know, today we look at stained glass and we're like, ooh, pretty. Let's light in. So nice. But, you know, it used to be a catechetical tool. Yeah. Um, and that's how people, people. And still is. Yeah, sure. When it's representational. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, yeah I think I thought that was such a cool. You know, and another thing of, of, yeah, there was importance to letting light in when there was no real light source of candles. Mm-hmm. You know, but that that also had a spiritual function as well. Yeah. That's you right. Know? Yeah. Uh, Let's see if I can find, uh, uh, you know, we were talking about some of the other things. So like the, the cathedral in Cologne in mm. Germany is mm-hmm. high. It's this big Gothic, you know, ca- cathedral mm-hmm. um, and, and it rises out. So, so even in your own home altar, you can do a yeah. little, uh, something that might be more yeah. vertically so oriented. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I have a picture of my home altar uh, somewhere I'm glad here. we did let's yours see last. Can, let's see if I can find it. Let's see. I'm going to just cycle through some of my images here. You literally have Jesus in yours. Uh, oh, wait. Hold on. Let me. Um, this is this is uh, Victoria Marie Miller Close's home yes. altar. Yes. So cool. uh, yeah. So she's got her, her cupboard under the stairs yeah. is is uh, icon rich. Love some beautiful it. statuary yeah. there. So like as you're passing it, you, you can't help but go, OK, Lord, uh, what are you drawing my eye to now? Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, and. The one of the things that I believe about the sacred art that I have in my house is that the Lord specifically kind of will 
will kind of tug me in a direction mm -hmm. and, and move my eye towards something, mm -hmm. you know, um, as, as a place to pray. Let's see. Um, Kathleen's sacred space and then mine. So, I mean, I, I, I cheat, right? Because I actually have yeah, a, a little Jesus. space. <laughs> I have a little space to have a home chapel mm -hmm. wow. um, as a lot of uh, priests are kind of doing again. And of course, for those of you who watch the live stream during uh, El Lockdowno, yep. mm -hmm. um, this is where I live stream mass from. Um, and so my newest addition, of course, is my statue of St. John Birchman's. I've yes. been looking, and relic of St. John Birchman's, I've been looking wow. for this. St. John Birchman's is my patron, my confirmation mm -hmm. patron. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I was able to find a statue and a first-class relic of him. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I've been uh, making a spot for him. You can see that I have other lights and stuff there. That was for, for TV cameras. <laughs> so, oh, okay. so I just haven't taken some of them out. But you know what's funny? Mm. Oh, not funny. You know what's interesting is, you know, the... the the way that we light things, mm -hmm. you know, the candles that we light, yep. the, uh, the, the music and the art in these sacred spaces, yeah. you know, um, when we, when we visited this space, you walk in and you know, immediately, yeah, yeah. you know, immediately that, you know, that there's something different here. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, uh, when you walk into a chapel or you walk into a home chapel such as this, it's like you immediately that's, that's right. You know, you, yeah, you quiet you, yourself. You recognize and, that this mm -hmm. this is something set apart for something different. That's yeah. right. You know, and so that should be even even though it may be a little bit more difficult mm -hmm. um, for for you in your home finding space or or finding a space where you know little little peanut butter covered hands can't touch. <laughs> you know, um, find that space mm -hmm. where yeah. you know your children know your you know those who visit your house know. Okay. This space is something different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, this space is where, where we meet with the Lord. That's right. You know, and they may not know immediately like, oh, okay. Yeah. But, you know, they, there is that sense of, okay, yeah. this is mm -hmm. set apart. That's a good and, point. And even though as a priest I have this, this is like, a, this is a little room that used to be like a little copy room. Mm -hmm. And uh, most of the time when I'm by myself, I leave the door open so that whenever I'm walking by, I don't have an excuse. Yeah. Um, in fact, for Lent... Um, I'll tell you, it's not always easy to go and sit in that room for me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I, I drug my easy chair into there mm -hmm. as if to say to myself, all right, Christopher, because I call myself by my Christian name. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Christopher, you're, you're going to, if you like sitting in that comfy chair, well, it's in here now. Yeah. And, and so go and be with the Lord wow. and, yeah. and, and yeah. comfortable with him, you know, and that yeah. sort of thing. So, uh, so that's been helpful. Uh, there's been some fruit from that as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, so yeah, you can continue to send in your pictures of your home altar and we will, we'll, we'll feature those on our yeah. uh, various social media yeah. feeds. Yeah. And that I know might some be, of you didn't, I, f I, I didn't get the pictures in time to, to put them Yeah, up. that's okay. But it might that's be okay. something that we do like a, a rotating segment. Yeah, on. that's correct. Yeah. That, awesome. That's mm -hmm. not a bad rotating segment as they go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just want to offer like an encouragement because I was thinking about it as I was like taking a picture of mine. And, you know, there's like that little creeping voice of like, mine's not that good. You know, my house is small oh, kind of thing. But like, you know, the, the voice of comparison. But I was thinking about it as, as I was like sending it in, you know, um, before the show, I was thinking about, it's like, you know, I, my relationship with God is very different than other people's. And so it makes yeah. sense that like my home altar, my mm -hmm. sacred space is going to look different. That's right. And so what if mine has a speaker in it and it's got just a bunch of random like collected things mm -hmm. and it's kind of haphazard. Well, so is my prayer life. Like yeah. it's fine, you know, and mm -hmm. it's yours, your sacred space is going to look different too. And yeah. that works, you yeah. know, that it's, it's where God meets you. So it's going to look 
how your relationship with God looks and yeah. mazel tov. Yeah. So just well, maybe to offer an encouragement. Well, yeah, I was yeah. thinking like I had to take a picture of my wall. Okay. Like, <laughs> okay. That tells you the, the state of my house because I did not want to take a picture of anything in my house. And when you know, when you mentioned the Prado, the kneeler, I was like, Ooh, I have one of those. A, a dear friend of mine, a priest friend of mine made one for oh, me. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have one. And I'm like, Oh, and then I remembered it is um, now hanging some of my clothes up so um <laughs> right and so yeah so when you think about you know the things that you know to i in my mind i'm like okay kathleen you got to be a little bit more intentional on that you know <laughs> but um you know thinking forward to when i get a house like i already think where am i going to place that yeah where am i going to put that so yeah so yeah don't send us what you got you know we'd love mm-hmm. to see yeah. like, like olivia was saying that's beautiful that I think, is yeah. a good and an interesting point uh, if you're if you're building a new house or um, moving into a new apartment or something like that. Uh, what if the first thing that you think of is not how big of a bed can I get, right. you mm-hmm. know, but where's the prayer space going right. to be? Yeah. Where is the little, the little tabernacle mm-hmm. that even though I may not have the blessed sacrament there, you know, because right. yeah. it's very difficult to do if you're not a priest uh, or, or a bishop, huh? Right. But, uh, but to be able to say, where's my little tap, my little meeting tent? Where's that going to be yeah. in the house? It doesn't have to be big, you know, yeah. Yeah. yours is a, a bookshelf, right? Yeah. And, and Kathleen, yours is a, is a, a portion of the wall. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I've been very, very fortunate to have space for a chapel because not every rectory has space for one of those, believe it or not. Right. And, um, and so I, well, of course in my last re- uh, rectory, I, I, Kind of literally with my dad, may he rest in peace. We we chopped through a closet <laughs> into a uh, into a storage room so that there could be a chapel. Wow, yeah, uh-huh. that's it was great. Beautiful. That's great. It was our last project <laughs> together before he went Aww. went to the uh, eternal chapel. Huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was. I missed that. I missed that chapel. I missed that rectory too uh, for that. But that's a, you know you move on and your prayer space changes as as your yeah. prayer life changes and as your as your life assignments changes as your life changes you know and you know what a challenge that i just thought about is you know for olivia and i we're, we're religion teachers and so and father chris as well like it's easy to kind of make our workspace mm-hmm. you know a sacred space but maybe the challenge to you this lynn is how can you find some sacred space in your workspace um, you know, whether it be, uh, a, just a prayer card or, or it maybe for those of you who work for the church, maybe it's getting to the sacred space. Mm-hmm. Cause I know a lot of us may, may work right next to a church that we seldom have yeah. or make time to, to visit yeah. outside of, you know, our obligations. So, you know, not only in our home, but where in our work, you know, yeah, do we, do we point. make space and time? For? It's true. Mm-hmm. It's very true. Yeah. Well, uh, I think maybe just to kind of dovetail off of this is uh, we go to the the segment of the show that isn't our pick of the week, but it kind of is. It's what we like to call the monastery down the block. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I am impressed. Yeah. The timing I was great. I did not know that was coming, but <laughs> I, I, and I was like, oh, <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So now you'll know this convent fairly well because Sister Philomena Marie, 
Yes. Um, who is one of our dear friends Whom who just love. made her first vows a couple of years ago now. It's been a year, uh, maybe two. I, no, it's, it's only been, been it was during lockdown. So Oh, it was. May. So it was last May. So yeah. it hasn't even been a year yet. My goodness. I, I know. Time. My time is all messed up. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, when you enter into religious life, you really are entering into timelessness. So maybe yeah. that's what it is. But anyway, so, so Sister Philomena Marie is a member of the Marian Sisters of Santa Rosa. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have a, a lovely little website. Uh, I think I think that I've, she built. That she built. She's I think I've frozen the the uh, the computer. Oh, maybe not actually. Um, and uh, and so they have a fantastic little blog. And um, and so if you want to find out more about their life and what they do, uh, they're they're sisters that were erected by the bishop of the diocese of mm-hmm. Santa Rosa, um, with a very specific devotion to Our Lady. And, uh, and and devotion to praying for priests. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to see their life, they, they document it very, very well yeah. on their website. Um, and uh, they really kind of cool. They, they just um, purchased, um, there was a, there was a, you know, one of the giant forest fires in 2017 mm-hmm. um, decimated a lot of the area there. Mm. And so the Ursuline sisters had a convent that kind of backs up against one of the schools and they had a school, uh, but the school had to close and kind of was was um, conglomerated with the school down the hill, mm-hmm. and they were the Ursuline sisters had to to leave. They couldn't mm. they couldn't uh, keep up the property. They had right. to kind of consolidate and move elsewhere. Well, the Marian sisters of Santa Rosa uh, purchased that property, mm. and so through the magic of Google, we uh, we actually have uh, a little picture of uh, of what's going to be their convent, um, and uh, it's there in, so in Santa Rosa. It's yeah. it's so very California. It's on a hill, and um, it's it's overlooking the little high school uh, for for one of the Dawson high schools there, wow. and it's closer to um, the the Chancery Building where a lot of them work, and mm-hmm. to some of the schools and some of their apostolic ministries. Because that's one of the things that the sisters do is they embed themselves within the parish churches mm-hmm. and uh, within the catechetical programs in the mm-hmm. diocese. Sister Philomena Marie, Marie is is working in the Chancery at the tribunal yeah and so she's learning all of the inner workings of the church like if you want to see all of the warts of the church go work uh, work in the tribunal and you see all those who are hurting and looking for healing Mm -hmm. and so that and she she writes uh, to me periodically and i'm sorry sister that i don't write back to you as often as i should i know that i should i did write her recently a couple weeks ago and uh and and she uh she talks about how uh how beautiful it's difficult work, but it's beautiful work, yeah. you know, yeah. to, to be able to work uh, with the bishop and mm-hmm. with uh, the vicar general and the tribunal as well. So, yeah. um, so the Marian sisters, they, they rise at five o'clock in the morning. They have a holy hour at 545. Breakfast is at eight. Then from 830 uh, to noon, they, uh, they go into their apostolates and their daily duties. Uh, they have prayers at noon. Um, then they have a little time of quiet prayer and spiritual reading at one. At two, they have classes, so they continue to learn, mm-hmm. um, especially the novitiate. They, they continue to learn about their order. They continue to learn about um, the, the constitutions that, they're, uh, that their order is founded on. At 4.15, they have um, recreation. At 5.15, they chant Vespers together. Uh, at 6, they have uh, the Angelus before dinner. They have Compline, which is night prayer. Uh, then at 9, they have the Grand Silence and 10 Lights Out. Um, uh, did I miss mass in there? They also pray. Uh, they also go to mass. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say they don't. Yeah. So mass is in there somewhere. Um, and, uh, and they, the Marian sisters of Santa Rosa, 
um, celebrate both the extraordinary form of the Roman rite and the ordinary form of the Roman rite. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of breathing with both of these lungs here in the West. And so it's a beautiful, beautiful uh, order. So uh, maybe yeah. that's a monastery down the block that uh, may not be close to you mm-hmm. geographically, or maybe it is because, you know, Jim, our, yep. our, our, um, our managing editor, Jim, mm-hmm. and his crew in the lab, he lives he right, might just right, right down near, the block. yeah, down the yeah. block, basically. And, uh, and, but through the, the power of the internet, you're able to kind of to, to see this place. Yeah. And if the Lord is asking you to discern uh, the religious life, maybe this is a place that he's calling yeah. you to be. Yeah. Uh, I love, like, I, I, I love the internet for reasons like this. There are, I, you know, when you have a, an order that is active on social media, um, and gives you a rundown of this is exact, I think, you know, um, religious life is shrouded in a lot of mystery yeah and a lot of people are like i don't know what happens they go and they get shut up in the place and mm-hmm. then they don't ever come out and nobody ever sees it. you know and it's like no man look yeah. at the like it's like an anthill sometimes right mm-hmm. it's real calm and you don't know what's going on in the front but you knock that thing and people are sisters yeah. are running all around but i think that this is such a, a great opportunity that some of our religious orders are are just breaking open social media mm-hmm. you know the you know making awesome websites there was a sister on tiktok the other day and i was like <laughs> i want to follow you. i follow her now we're now tiktok friends i don't know what that means but whatever um and she's making you know hilarious videos and she's answering these questions that these silly questions to me mm-hmm. because i know the answers mm-hmm. but like you know and she's like oh yeah you know people ask me this all the time like you know you know what's under my veil and yeah. she'll say something really you know funny and but i think that that's such a great thing especially for our young people and i've yeah. said this a lot is like you know if we want to be present to our young people we have to be where our young people are mm-hmm. and if we aren't someone else will be mm-hmm. yeah. absolutely that's right and so you know for our for our religious communities to have a presence on on twitter on tiktok mm-hmm. which is sounds silly but you know facebook youtube um i follow the the the, the cfrs franciscan friars you know um and they just they just they show. exude joy they yeah do. and they mm-hmm. show like hey i'm a normal person mm-hmm. and i know how to use a computer yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and it, we're just as abnormal as everybody yeah. else yeah. that's right you know, i do mm-hmm. a, i did a project with my eighth graders where they they researched you know religious orders and some of them were like they had like videos where they mm-hmm. talked to us and i was like oh uh-huh. mm-hmm. yeah because right. they're so normal people right. yeah. you know it's not the 17th century inside yeah. their monastery yeah. I mean, yeah so you know so i think that's incredible i love it yeah. so the marian sister of santa rosa I, I should have just read the the fine print here so at five o'clock when they hear the bell um they they arise and it says that the bell signifies the voice of the beloved praying i will arise and put on jesus christ crucified whom my soul loves and in mm-hmm. whom my heart rejoices at 5.45 in the morning, before my higher brain functions are even thinking yeah. about, you know, working, uh, it says, we offer, we unite in offering Eucharistic holy hour for priests, our Fatima prayers, period of mental prayer, and lauds are prayed in the spirit of adoration and reparation before Jesus and the sacrament of his love. And the holy sacrifice of the mass follows our renewal and our total mm-hmm. consecration to Jesus through Mary. Mm-hmm. So from 5.45 until 8, effectively, they're praying not only for the world, but also mm-hmm. for the priests who minister in it. And um, and so, yeah, I, I have yet to make a field trip out that way. Father Brent Mayer, who uh, who's a great friend of the order, um, mm-hmm. has been has been uh, champing at the bit to get me to go. I haven't done it yet. He but, built uh, my prayer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He built your prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, yeah. 
these priests, I tell you. You should go and practice your extraordinary form. I really should. Actually, I need to practice my extraordinary form before I go and celebrate the extraordinary form there. Um, But uh, that's another thing that I'm hoping to do this Lent is to to brush up on my Latin a little bit, you know, because it's good. Mm -hmm. It's good to be able to to do these things. I mean, the the church is so big and wide and beautiful. And why ought we not to celebrate her in her entirety? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, mss or MarianSisters.com is is that website uh, for the Marian Sisters of Santa Rosa. They are our monastery down the block. Yes, you know, is. you can always uh, send us things. So maybe there's a monastery actually down your block. Mm-hmm. Well, let us know, huh? Backchat at CatholicUnderground.com, or you can comment on any number of our videos on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash CatholicUnderground, uh, or you can tweet us. We, I, I don't know. I haven't checked the Twitter in a bit, but we're yeah. at CathUnderground on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're, we're trying to, to kind of revamp and, and uh, re-engage in our social media presence. Yep. Um, yeah. Especially Kathleen. Kathleen and Olivia have been getting after it. Yeah, but I also have to realize that uh, people want more than just videos of me. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so I'm just like, hey guys, what's um, up? And I'm like, debatable. maybe I should do some posts. I love videos of <laughs> Kathleen. Yeah, we got a merch update. Uh, oh. A merch update. The merch is in, and mm-hmm. okay. I just have to uh, to put the inventory on the website, and then it will be available for shipping. And I think Kathleen <laughs> and Olivia said they'll take part, they'll help with the shipping as well. Yep. Very Indeed. Good. And I think I like Catholic Radio has a stamps.com account hello all right that might help us uh, out there so uh so if you're looking for merch i'll say in the next two weeks look uh look for merch to be available we'll we'll send out a social media blast for that the uh the cu fulfillment center will be uh in full swing that's right exactly (laughs) that's right the the conveyor belt it's probably going to be like lucy and ethel uh trying to (laughs) wrap chocolates actually but uh, but only if there's real chocolate (laughs) but only if there's real we don't have any chocolate logo it'll be two teachers after hours trying to do things that involve brain functions yep yeah it's Mm -hmm. true uh jeff since you're here as always, the Catholic Underground is made possible by viewers, listeners, prayer warriors, and benefactors like you. Become an official undergrounder today by going to catholicunderground.com donate. And you can also help us out by letting others know about, uh, about us and, and to remember to like us and heart us and star us on your platform of choice. And, um, and if the podcast service that you use to listen to us mm-hmm. has a, a way of leaving a comment, Please do so, and yep. uh, yeah, we'd appreciate it if it's a positive comment. Too. That's true, yeah. If it's positive one, it kind of pushes us up a little Absolutely, higher so yes. that other people can see us, yeah? Our panelists this week have been Kathleen Lee uh, at klee626 on Instagram. Thanks, Kathleen. Anytime. Olivia Galino is the dot real dot omg on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you, Olivia. Thank y'all. Also, uh, Jeff Blackwell is our technical director. He's at Jeff Blackwell us. On, uh, on the Twitter. Yes, indeed. It's Thanks. a privilege to be here, Father. Yeah, glad to have you back. Albert Dupont is our video director. And aren't you at W5Video? Is that right? Okay, I got it right. Yeah, on Instagram and Twitter and all this stuff. Jim Hayes is our research assistant, and he's got his crew in the lab there as yep. well. And you know me. I'm Father Chris Decker. I'm uh, on all of the things at Digital Catholic. Uh, twin- Twitter, Instagram, basically everything you can you've been listening to the catholic underground cutting through the noise so that you can find that still small voice we my friends will see you next time
from the Catholic underground.